So you love your kids and you do anything to help them succeed. But if you're not careful, activities are going to pile up. And before you know it, you're not going to have any bandwidth left in your schedule. And then what do you do? I'm John Fuller, along with author, counselor, and Dr. Danny Huerta. Danny, uh, being a mom or a dad is some of the most demanding work there can be, isn't it? Yeah, it's not only with time, it's emotions and attention. Uh, Sometimes we can be in a moment with our kids and we're not paying attention, right? So it's not as demanding in that moment if we're tuned out. Yeah, we're into our phone (laughs) or watching the game or working on the project. and They come in looking for us and... And that, yeah, there, there it is, yeah. right? And, you know, I was looking at the, the statistics of how, what's the average amount of time people spend with their kids in the United States. And moms tend to average about two hours a day, and dads one and a half hours. And when you look at reading with their kids, yeah. it was astonishing to me. It's less than 15 minutes wow. a day that parents, either moms or dads, are reading with their kids in less than an hour of fun activities, things like that, laughing together. Uh, as Christian homes, as Christian families, it makes sense that we would read with our kids, have those moments of relationship and diving in. We see that in Deuteronomy 6 mm-hmm. and being a yeah. seven traits parent, uh, being very involved with our kids. And when that happens, it does become demanding, and you need to learn how to balance that emotionally. Got it. Well, uh, Jim Daly and I talked with Amber Leah and Wendy Speak. Both moms sharing very candidly about how demanding raising kids can be. And if you're feeling overwhelmed today, I think you're going to find this helpful. One of the other internal triggers, one of my biggest, which is multitasking. And um, I had... That's a trigger, multitasking? That is. Well, not for some people. I mean, there are a few people out there that, man, they can do it like a boss. And then they have kids and they're like, wait a minute, I thought I could do all the things. you know what? Your kids need naps. You need to slow down your pace. So that can be a trigger. For me, ever since I was young, I was aware that I didn't do lots of things at the same time well. Interesting. I learned when I was in high school. um, Let me see. It was my junior year of high school, and I was going to a performing arts high school that was an hour drive away. And so it was a big commitment to get there. And I wasn't getting home until late at night. And I was missing youth group. And I wasn't getting the dinner Homework time with my, with my family. I <laughs> yeah. mean, so the things that were priorities weren't getting done. And um, my back went out I, as a 17-year-old. And I uh, just wasn't doing well. And my parents said, why don't you come back to the local school for a semester and um, just kind of get healthy? And what it was, was it was too much on my plate. And then I experienced it again in college. I remember calling my mom saying, why can't I do as much as everybody else? Everybody else can take a full course load and work a job and be in a theater show and do this. And I can't. And she said, well, then drop a class. And I said, but I would be such a failure to drop a class. And she said, no. You would be a failure if you don't drop a class and then you fail the class. Yeah. That's what a failure well, is. Well, that's good guilt management. Yeah, I know, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I went into the office and I dropped a class and I wasn't the only one there doing it. And um, and I was able to do really, really well. I got straight A's that semester. So the lesson for me is I can do a few things exceptionally well. But as soon as I take on too much, I do lots of things poorly. Well, and here, here's the equation that is so difficult. A mom feels guilty when she's doing too much because she's not doing it well. Yeah. And the mom feels guilty when she has to say no to That's providing right. the cookies to the homeroom 
Yeah. I mean, I saw, I, I've gotten much saw better at not feeling guilty about not bringing the cookies. This, I have gotten yeah, really but, good. But at you that. had to get there, right? Yeah, That's I, the did. Point. I did. I did. I saw that with Jean too. I mean, yeah. she wanted to be super mom. Yeah, sure. She, well, when I saw that Wendy was taking store bought cookies to the class, it made me feel like, oh, I can. <laughs> Revelation. I can take, yeah. take store bought cookies to the class too. Thank you, Wendy. Them Costco cookies are pretty good. Be the person that signs up for the napkins. Yes. <laughs> you know there is that person. There's a list on what Somebody you can bring. Napkins. Why do I think I need to yeah, do the homemade? Okay. Yeah. And and my friend Susie can do the napkins. No, you know what? I'm in a napkin season. Thank you very yes. much. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. that word season, too, because yes. that is part of life, isn't it? The yeah. parenting journey doesn't happen all at once. There are different seasons. Well, and I want to keep oh, coming back to the idea of triggers. You know, if I, what in the world am I doing if I'm staying up late making homemade cookies for the class, but I'm losing my cred with my kids because of the stress? Yeah, right. What is my priority? Is I would important. much rather yeah. be calm it, and send napkins. It is foggy, and that's where you need clarity. All right, Danny, let's go back to something Jim mentioned about how it can be tough to say no sometimes. And I've been there, golly. One of my kids was just relentless, just dad, 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 dad. And, and it felt, as my wife would say, like being pecked to death by chickens. You finally just give in and say, yes, fine, whatever. How do you encourage parents not to load up and not to go the easy route, but to, to mm-hmm. have boundaries? Yeah, that's, that's a real tough one. The, the word no for us, especially as uh, followers of Christ, can be a difficult one because we want to serve. And there's a fine balance with that, and especially with the church. We'll get asked, if you're a young couple that's doing well, that uh, seems to have it all together, then you'll get asked to be in this ministry or that ministry, and pretty soon you find yourself in a lot of church activities, plus the school activities, plus just family activities if you have extended family in town, and then you don't have time to rest as a family or time to have conversation together. Uh, and, and it's important to have the opportunity to talk with one another as parents, uh, having dates together, but then also having dates with your kids, having opportunity to have conversation around mealtimes. And those are the things that get squeezed out the fastest. Dates, mealtimes, conversations, walks, yet they're foundational relationally to the home. And there are going to always be demands. The older your kids get, the more things they can get involved with and in. And you have to prioritize that and agree as a couple. And we've actually provided what's called 50 questions to ask your kids around the dinner table. It's a great article. But then we give a PDF that you can download and use and ask questions either in the car or uh, around the table to have those opportunities of conversation and maybe you'll look forward to those, and it'll be easier to say no to certain things. Because yeah, you say, help. wow, that's going to cost me time. It's going to cost me relationship. But there's a big price to be paid if I say yes here. And it's okay if I disappoint those people by saying no, because there's a gain here in my relationship with my kids my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember one time I had to say no to some board involvement because I just felt like I've got a kid about to become a teenager. Mm-hmm. I have to be here. And it was hard to walk away from that. I mean, it was fulfilling, but it was the right decision, absolutely, 100%. And we've learned to just kind of say no to a lot of things because I'm trying to practice what we preach here. That's good, John. <laughs> and it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. it is. So yeah, we're passionate at Focus about helping you grab onto those resources and tools to be a more effective parent. We're not doing it perfectly, but we're trying to to move toward that ideal as much as we can. We want you to do the same. 
Uh, one of the books that we have that would really help, as you could tell from our conversation with Wendy and Amber, is their book, Triggers. And if you can donate today a gift of any amount, either a monthly pledge or a one-time gift to the Ministry of Focus on the Family to support our work in helping moms and dads around the world, we'll send a copy of that book, Triggers, to you. And uh, thanks in advance for your generosity. We'll have a link in the episode notes. And then uh, we're going to link over to that uh, article in PDF that Danny mentioned about conversations with your kids. And also, there's an article called Seven Traits of Effective Parenting, which kind of summarizes some of the best things you can do as a parent. All of this to help you prioritize well. All the details are in the episode notes. Next time, we'll hear from Michelle Howe, uh, sharing lessons she's learned from being a grandparent. Uh, You're going to find it helpful no matter what age and stage your kids are at. So uh, join us then. For now, I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire team, Thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.